Deion Sanders and Colorado are at it again. They landed at another five-star who I'll break down on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Bus. I am your host, Kevin Borba. Um, today, we're going to be talking about Colorado's latest transfer portal edition, um, a big-bodied five-star from Washington, Savelle Smalls. Um, we're going to talk about Coach Prime being called ruthless. Um, there was an article written up about him and his methods, and I want to dive back into that and kind of shut down the notions again because I feel like this is a frequent – there we go. Let me get – a little more centered. I feel like this is a frequent discussion that we're having when in reality, we all know why it's happening. Um, we know that it's happening everywhere. Um, Coach Prime's just very vocal about it, but I'll get to that. And then we're going to talk about a little Mel Tucker action. Um, Mel Tucker is under hot in hot water over at Michigan State following um, some of Michigan State's best players leaving the portal. And so I wanted to dive into that. I haven't really talked about Mel, talk, Mel Tucker since I've um, started the show. So um, without further ado, let's dive right into the five-star Savelle Smalls. Um, Colorado, as they have been doing for the past week or so, has landed yet another um, top transfer uh, talent from, this time, drumroll please, Washington, the Pac-12. Uh, the first um, player that's not from Florida in what feels like months, maybe. Um, but they landed Savelle Smalls, who, coming out of high school, uh, which if you look at Colorado's overall roster, he's the second-ranked or the second highest ranked player on the entire roster outside of Travis Hunter. Um, he was the number 30 player in the class of 2020, uh, decided to transfer. He was kind of buried on the depth chart at Washington behind more experienced guys. Um, just wasn't getting the shine that he was hoping and wasn't getting the playing time that he was hoping. So he's looking for an, a fresh start. Um, he played three seasons. Um, this, this past season was his best season. He played in 13 games. Only had about seven tackles, um, found himself, again, like I said, buried on the depth chart behind other players. Um, but he does mark the fourth defense line transfer that Colorado has landed within the past two weeks. Um, they brought in Florida State's Derek McClendon, the second, um, Tennessee's Amari McNeil, and then Old Dominion's Chaz Wallace. Um, so, obviously, after being a point of concern for Colorado, the defense line is now really bolstering itself. Um, I think it's probably – it has potential to be one of the strong position groups. Obviously we don't know how they're going to mesh together and how guys who like, obviously Jordan Dominic proven guy from Arkansas had as many sacks as all of Colorado did last year, proven Leonard Payne for Fresno state. Um, not the most dynamic guy on the defensive front, but he's proven uh, Shane Cokes, not Shane hooks. There we go. Shane Cokes, the Dartmouth transfer he's proven, but obviously he played at the Ivy league level. So we don't know. Um, so a lot of these guys, are hit or miss with their their level of performance um, at their previous programs like Savelle Smalls. Um, but I think you have to take a swing on the potential, and I think that's what Colorado did. I think every program in the country was kind of chomping at the bit to land the former five-star because obviously when you're ranked as a five-star, there's a reason. Sometimes you just need a second chance, if you will. Um, you just need a, a new landing spot, a new set of scenery um, to kind of get going. Um, he's from Washington, stayed at his home state, Washington. So maybe leaving home was the play, was the move for him. Um, and at Colorado, who obviously have a chance to probably be one of the main guys or at least have a significant role for himself. Um, I found it interesting because, let's see, I thought I had this up already. I apologize. Um 
but he was broke. His game was broken down by Max Olson of the athletic. And I thought it was interesting because it kind of, and it kind of is what I said about him, but obviously you just want to see more from a guy that was ranked as high as he was. He was a five-star recruit in 2020 and a huge gift for Washington, but he struggled to break through and earn a starting role behind some talented pass rushers. The six foot three, 260 pound defender logged 12 pressures last season as a reserve while playing 15 to 20 snaps a game. So 15 to 20 snaps a game isn't that many. Um, I'm sure he'll amass that completely at Colorado. And sometimes a lot of these guys just need an opportunity. Like, I think this is not the best comparison, but it is a comparison that kind of qualifies here. Joe Burrow at Ohio State, never played there, um, never really got a chance to shine. Transfers to LSU, does decent his first time, first season as a starter, and then all of a sudden, uh, leads LSU to becoming one of the best college football teams we've ever seen. I'm not saying that this is what's going to happen with Savelle Smalls, but honestly, a lot of the guys that transfer out, they just need an opportunity. And unlike majority of the transfer portal guys who are inexperienced, um, former two or three star recruits, this is a former five star recruit who had the tools coming out of high school. Um, I think it just it was a matter of fit and um, opportunity, which he didn't get. And I feel like coming out of high school, let's see who he's compared to, because. Um, uh, that's one thing I love about 24-7 is they have a lot of pro comparisons, which I hate pro comparisons, but it's also interesting. Um, so Brandon Huffman had him projected as a first rounder coming out of high school when he evaluated him in 2018. His comp was to Karis McKinley, who was with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, it says this is his scouting report. Size indicates he could play both as a hybrid edge rusher with his hand down or a stand-up rush, rush edge rush end. Excuse me. Terrific instincts, quickly reads and reacts. Outstanding pass rusher who could also drop into coverage on occasion. So maybe he could help out an outside linebacker or something. Cat quick at the line of scrimmage with the first quick step, can chase down backs at the, and in the play. Has shown improved technique. Uses hands extremely well. Played a lot of linebacker in seven, seven on seven in offseason to work on pass coverage. Also plays tight end and receiver. And has a natural pass catching ability. Projects as immediate power five starter and projects as a first round draft choice. So obviously um, didn't start right away. But what you like to see here is he could play linebacker if needed. Um, I would say linebacker is still one of the positions of need for Colorado on the defense. Um, the defensive line, they've hit really hard. Um, obviously, they brought in Brennan Gant, who's like a hybrid safety linebacker, um, but someone who is kind of not an in, a tweener. Um, I think Savelle Smalls could be that guy for Colorado. So look out for Savelle Smalls. I don't know what number he's going to be because I'm not sure we know the numbers of anybody on the roster outside of like the 10 guy, 12 guys that earn their numbers. But look out for Mr. Savelle Smalls and see what he does with the buffs this upcoming season. Um, they're going to need to bring down the quarterback in all of these in the Pac-12. I mean, all this, all these teams have like a top 10 quarterback in the conf, in the country. So they need all the help they could get in bringing down the quarterback. Um so before we move on, I want you guys to know that this episode is brought to you by Built. If you're looking for a delicious snack, but you want all of the sugar and calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. Built, you got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just a thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing, you won't even think they're good for you. You got to try this. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate, 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros, and that's what's even better. They're healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built bars at Built.com, but now 
You can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get your specialty flavors still at Built.com. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter puff or churro puff. You could thank me later. Go get healthy, you know? Um, New Year's is kind of come and gone, but it's never too late. Never too late to get that. New Year's resolution going, um, or just your May resolution. I don't know. Mother's Day, Father's Day resolution. I don't know what you want to call it, but either way, Bill Bar, go test it out. Um, okay. Coach Prime was called ruthless in an article by um what's this guy's name? Blake Toppemeyer, the USA Today Network. He kind of went on a little tangent here about I think people are still recovering from the mass transfers that Colorado had um, just because I don't think they expected coach prime and company to get rid of 53 players. Um, but here's what he said. I'm going to read parts of it and then we'll talk about it as we do. Um, Deion Sanders warned he'd be ruthless and by shuttling droves of, of, of his inherited players into the transfer portal. The first year Colorado football coach is doing what he promised the unconcealed way Sanders cut players after Colorado spring game is equal parts jarring and refreshingly honest. So at least he knows that it's, him being honest and also college college coaches do this all the time i've been saying it for weeks um the blowback endured for cutting college players four months before the season will quiet down and sanders will be judged by the results of the sweeping overall he sweeping overall he vowed to engineer for years coaches have nudged scholarship players off the roster to clear room for transfers or recruits within the industry this roster runoff is known as processing a player so obviously um we've talked about it before on this at the, sh the show scholarships are not um guaranteed for four years it's year to year and obviously when a new coach comes in they're less likely and inclined they're less inclined to retain players who they didn't recruit they didn't want um so that is what we're seeing from sanders here um continuing for years coaches have done this play process known as processing a player coaches often process a player covertly a coach mainly quietly informs an underperforming player that they don't factor in the team's plans explaining that the player would be wise to consider a transfer then the player announces he's transferring as if it's his idea it's kind of like this unwritten rule not a rule but it's an unwritten thing um it allows the players to make it seem like they just decided to leave not that the coach was like hey get out um because then they seem more valuable and it also saves some face saves some feelings you know um that player that got processed stays quiet this allows the coach to avoid public backfire where the player maintains the ruse that he's transferring on his own choice coach prime doesn't do understated though he's not sheepish he welcomes the attention to his roster purge Sanders shortly after Colorado hired him from Jackson State declared he was bringing his own luggage and of course we all know it was Louie he said that many times and we all are familiar um, if the metaphor doesn't register, he planned a clean house. Um, uh, for those of you that didn't get it, um, he said, those of you that we don't run off, we're going to try and make you quit. He's told his team in December. Now that now he's cut many of those who didn't quit, which honestly, I think when he said he wanted to make them quit, I think he just wanted to see if they were battle tested or mentally tough or how, how serious they were about playing for him. And obviously the guys that left, um, for the most part, one, he, some of them were implied to let or implored to left while others, um, decided to leave just because they didn't want to play for him, um, just because they could see where the direction the team was going and they could see that they didn't fit in it. It's not Coach Prime's fault. It's not their fault. It's just they didn't they didn't mesh. Um, so Sanders stripped bare the phony facade. facade. Wow, interesting wording right there. That was just a tough read. Bear the phony facade of amateurism to reveal what most players knew to be true. College football is a big business. That's what I've been saying. 
It's a job, we understood, Latoya Smith told USA Today Sports. Her son, Xavier, was among the players called. Um, so did Sanders afford his inherited players a fair shake? Probably not. Some of the cut players or the parents painted a picture of Sanders favoring players he brought in. That Sanders didn't bother to get to know that he players the players he inherited. You know, this is the part that I kind of struggle with because, I mean, obviously you want these kids to all get a fair shot. Um, but again, this isn't like rec league. This isn't participation trophy time. This is coach prime has a job. These players have a job. Um, they're all worth money, obviously some more than others, but everybody has a job to do. And coach prime's job is to win games at Colorado, which is something that hasn't been done in a while. So he doesn't have time to be like, listen, Kevin, I really enjoyed meeting you. I think you're funny. I think your haircut's nice. Thank you, Coach Prime. Uh, I think your haircut's nice. I think uh, you have potential, but I really need to see you work some more. And we'll, we'll try. We'll try to develop this. No, he inherited a one eleven roster. The roster was full of guys who underperformed, um, or maybe over recruited uh, by certain programs, and they just honestly didn't fit his scheme. And that's okay. But I think people need to stop acting like he was expected to inherit and just foster all these guys. He did the same thing at Jackson state. He added tons of players. Um, it just went a little more under the radar because it happened at Jackson state, but people need to stop acting like it was re required of him to just inherit this one eleven roster, try to coach them up and turn this around. Like it's the little giants or the, or the bench warmers, or I don't know, remember the Titans or something. I don't know a struggling team. Remember the Titans. They were good already. I'm trying to think of like a struggling football team where they, kind of just took over and everything was fine because the coach coached them with belief and whatever. Like that's not how the world works. And I think in order, obviously in order to bring in all these transfers, like Savelle Smalls, the former five-star, he needed guys to leave. And so it's, that's the business aspect of it. And I think that's, that's the part of the narrative that I'm a little weir weary about. Cause it's like, come on now, we don't need to act like he was supposed to nurture all these guys back to, uh, we don't need to act like he was going to nurture them to a winning season with this 111 roster. We saw what they were capable of. wasn't much, so now it's time to move on. Um, before we move on, I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Bust your first listen every day. Everydayers, that's what I'm now calling my everyday listeners. I appreciate you guys. Um, tomorrow on the show, we're probably going to be talking about another transfer landed. I feel like I have an inkling that one's coming today um, after I record. That's usually how it's been going. I record in the morning, um, and then by the time this episode's up and things are happening, another transfer has landed. So, Let's let's plan on talking about that. Um, we'll probably be talking about some more roster construction, some more Coach Prime news because everybody's writing about him. Everybody's talking about him. Um, but let's talk about the former um, Colorado coach, Mel Tucker, who, well, Coach Prime didn't replace him. He replaced his replacement. That made sense. It did. I, I know you're probably like, what did you just say? He replaced his replacement. Carl Durrell replaced Mel Tucker, who was kind of – a hot name on the coaching market for one season. Um, and kind of, I think if I, if I know my Colorado fans, like I feel like I've been learning about, I feel like he left you guys a little angry by the, in the manner he left. Um, if you guys aren't aware of how he left, uh, Mel Tucker was hired um, as the head coach of Colorado. Um, and he left to go coach at Michigan state following a five and seven season. Um, Tucker joined the Spartan after one season with Colorado. He went five and seven, um, had wins over number 25, Nebraska, number 24, Arizona state, Stanford, and Washington. So four ranked wins. Obviously the program looked like it was taking major strides. Um, and I think this is the part where probably most buffs were rubbed the wrong way. Um, 
he tweeted, and this is from his personal Twitter account, and I guess the tweet's still up. It says, while I'm flattered to be considered for the head coaching job at Michigan State, I am committed to, to Colorado for the build, hashtag the build of our program. It's great athletes, coaches, and supporters. And then after turning that down, Michigan State came back with an offer that doubled the coaching salary as well as to invest more in strength and conditioning, and he doubled um, uh, Tucker's salary at Colorado, which was around 2.7, and so obviously he was making much more than that over at Michigan State. But now um, there, he's in some hot water because uh, Colorado – or Colorado, not Colorado. Michigan State is on the struggle bus. Um, he went 2-5 and five, um, or 2 and – let's see. What is it? 2-4, and four, I believe, his first year. Uh, and then had an 11-win season, and then struggled this past season. So let me pull this up because I had it up, but here we are. I have so many tabs open because I want to make sure I have all the proper information for you guys. And I just – oh, right here, duh. Two and five um, his first season, which Michigan State inherited a tough situation, I guess you could say. Um, 11 and two the next season, which he was the one that kind of brought in all the transfers and it was like, oh, look, the transfer portal works. You could turn your team around. Then five and seven um, this past season. And he was after the 11 2 season, he was given a raise. Um, but now he's on the hot seat. Um, and he saw his starting quarterback and his best wide receiver enter the transfer portal. So not great. Um, he makes 9.5 million per year. Um, which obviously has him as him as one of the higher paid coaches in college football. But now he's on the hot seat. People are calling for his, his job. Um, and <laughs> this one tweet says, I really hope Kenneth Walker has a long and fruitful NFL career because it's absolutely not fair that he's on the hook to pay taxes for the nearly nine figure gift he gave to Mel Tucker, um, the running back at Michigan state that kind of should have been a Heisman finalist, but wasn't. Um, but yeah, I think, Honestly, I think this is a, a tip or not a typical, but I think this is a case of you paid someone too soon, too much um, because of one season, and now he's struggling. Uh, Michigan State, they lost some key players to the transfer portal. The Big Ten is going to be a, it's going to be as tough as ever. Uh, excuse me. They have Michigan uh, on their schedule. Who Michigan is coming off two back-to-back playoff appearances. They returned like everyone, uh, not everyone, but they returned a lot of key pieces. Um, Ohio State lost C.J. Stroud, but. They arguably have one of the best receiver cores in college football history um, incoming. And then they're always just good, so that doesn't help. Um, Iowa, they're always a really good defense, and now they have a competent quarterback in Cade McNamara. Uh, Purdue, they have Hudson Card, um, and Illinois was good last year. So the Big Ten's going to be stout. And looking at their schedule, um, not to make this about a Michigan State skit, like a Michigan State pod, but let's see, Michigan State schedule. They have, they have to play. Oh, wow. That's going to be – this is not a good – this is not good for Mel Tucker if he doesn't – unless he has a, a talented quarterback waiting in the wings, this is not ideal, um, let me tell you, because they have to play Washington, who beat them handily last year, Iowa. They also have, let's see, Nebraska, who should be improved, Maryland, who's going to be decent, Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan. So they have a tough schedule. Uh, Mel Tucker, who I think Colorado fans are a little salty about, and I think I don't want to say ever, anybody's ever rooting on someone's downfall, but I think there's probably like a little bit of a sense of good. You left us, and now this is what's happening to you. Um, I feel like there's going to be a sense of that when, if and when he's fired. Um, but yeah, Colorado fans, I feel like Mel Tucker 
was there was evident improvement with Mel Tucker at Colorado. And then he left. And then they got Carl Durrell, who kind of built off of Mel Tucker's success. Um, because obviously it went Mel Tucker five and seven. And then Colorado the next year during the COVID season went four and two. Um, they were ranked at one point number 21 in the country. And then after that, it just fell off because Carl Durrell wasn't just wasn't a good coach, doesn't wasn't a good recruiter, I guess you could say. It just didn't work out. Um, so I feel like there's still some animosity towards Mel Tucker. And now um sometimes the pastures aren't always greener on the other side, and Mel Tucker might be experiencing that. Um, but I what I hope you guys are experiencing is that Lockdown Buffs being your favorite. I, well, I hope you're experiencing this. Not not. I hope Lockdown Buffs has become your favorite podcast. Um, uh, we're available every day. We're free wherever you get your podcast. I want to thank you guys for tuning in, and I want to thank you guys for sharing. Um, I can. I love to see that subscriber count grow. Um, love to see the comments grow. Um, but, yes, we talked today. To recap, Coach Prime in Colorado add another top transfer. I'm sure they'll continue to add more because they have probably now 20-ish roster spots open. And then – we talked about Coach Prime being called ruthless. I broke down why it's not ruthless. It's just what he has to do. And then, obviously, I broke down a little Mel Tucker saga because is Mel Tucker going to be on his way out in East Lansing looking for a new job soon? We'll find out this season. But what we do know, Locked on Buffs, free, available wherever you get your podcast. You need to share it. Um, we're going to be having some great guests coming up. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I appreciate you guys, and have a great Wednesday. I will see you guys tomorrow.